Rise Up Radar. If you're tired of all the national media coverage of the Cowboys and the Dak situation, how much money are they going to give him? And he's an average quarterback. How much he's turning down. If you're tired of hearing about Tampa Bay Gronkineers, oh, and how they're going to win the division and whatever the Stinky Town's doing down the road, whatever the Swamp People Light are doing down the road, if you're tired of hearing all that noise and no one talking about the A, ATL, the Dirty Birds down south, you're in the right place because we're going to talk about nothing but Atlanta Falcons on this podcast. This is the Rise Up Radar. My name's Stan Parker, and I'd like you to bring you into my world. We devour. I read everything. I watch breakdown film. I just, just eat, sleep, and breathe Atlanta Falcons. Um, I've been a diehard fan my entire life. And um, I wanted to start this podcast because I get up and I read the articles and I see who's getting love and who's not. And the disrespect that the Falcons get just on a daily basis is astounding to me. So I'm here to uh, all the Falcons fans throughout the South because it's far stretching. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, in the Carolinas or wherever. You don't matter if you're in Tennessee. If you're a Falcon fan, you're part of Falcons Nation. And we want to reach out to all those people and we're going to bring you into the Rise Up Radar podcast. So, today's show will be going over five reasons to get excited for the 2020 season. Well, first of all, number one is obvious. Football is back. We're in troubling times right now in this nation. And if we are in the 2020 season, that means football is back. Now, it might be fanless, which is fine with me um, because I don't go to a lot of games. I have a better seat at the house with a DVR and I can go take a bathroom break whenever I want to or I've got little kids running around I could. I could be home or whatever, but uh, but it's going to be so weird if they decide to um, come back with no fans. Um, they tried it earlier. Um, a different was it a different sport? They tried piping in um, crowd noise, and they said it worked out pretty well, just to kind of emulate. But um, but football is back in the twenty twenty season. If we're watching Falcons football, that means week one playing the Seahawks. And it's back now. They released these dates in September. I don't know if they're going to actually keep those dates. Um, I haven't heard anything, any rumblings of, I mean, it's all it's all fluid at this point. But the number one reason is the Dirty Birds will be back if, and football as a whole will be back in 2020 season. And that's the first reason to be excited. And the second reason to be excited is... Um, when the football is back, the 2020 Atlanta Falcons will be wearing new uniforms. And they've got a bunch of different color combinations. They go from, I think their main uniform is going to be the all black with the red accents. And then they've got a white top, which is really cool. They got white. So they got a bunch of different color combinations. But the real, most interesting one to me 
is the uh, ombre effect where it fades from like red, really red, like fades down to the black. I think that one's going to be the most uh, controversial. Some people like it. Some people hate it. Um, I think the coolest part about this whole, I mean, if you haven't seen these uniforms, you can go anywhere. Any, I mean, they've been out for a while now, but um, go check them out online. Uh, and I'll drop a link in the uh, the show notes. Um, but the coolest part about it to me is the um, the matte finish of the helmet. They're gonna have it's like a powder coat for the um, for the helmet, and they're gonna enlarge the Falcon. The Dirty Bird used to be a little smaller, kind of centered. Now it's gonna be just enlarged to take up the whole side of the head. And two, another like cool like wrinkle is gonna be the face mask. It's gonna be like a chrome face mask i always thought that was sharp kind of looks like a a grill of a truck to me (laughs) but um and then another like minor detail that i really like on these uniforms is um across the chest is atl i mean and um some people i don't know why man it's like some people were like poo poo on that I, i saw some stuff online that like that was dumb and like i don't know i think i think it's sick i think it's atl i mean that's so perfect for the city and where we are, man. And, uh, so I like, that's my favorite aspect is the helmet. Um, and then the all white, uh, is a combination that they're going to go with a lot, uh, this year as well. It's an all white uniform with red, uh, black numbers, red accents around the numbers and a red stripe down the side. Um, I like that as well, but I, I don't know. And then, obviously, the throwback. It's a tweak to the throwback because I think the throwback just was white numbers, like the actual like uniform. But the throwback is the um, the old logo and um, with the red outline trim of the, of the uh, white numbers. That looks sick to me. And the stripes on the shorts or on the, um, on the socks. Man, it's going to be exciting to see Debo... Tracking down, tracking down Kamara, you know. Oh man, it's gonna be. I'm so excited about the 2020 season. I mean, all the additions and just. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see these Grady Jarrett. You know, because he's the he was the poster child for these ombre effect uniforms. Um, to see Grady Jarrett and Marlon Davidson, um, just side by side and wearing these because it's. Now you see in these pictures online, if you go to the link of this online is I mean, you're seeing one guy wear a white top and some black pants or whatever color combination you're looking at. But to see, you know, not only eleven players all uniformly doing it, but like a sideline of fifty three players, it's gonna be I mean, just having live sports back would just be excellent. But seeing them in their brand new like uniforms and that that matte helmet. Now, when I first saw these the the ombre effect uniform, I just first thought of, oh gosh, this is gonna be like Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, we might be. I mean, we're already there. We we already have a punchline attached to our name, and we're not gonna speak on that. Um, not on this podcast. We don't give air to that. But um, yeah. But I don't want don't want to be a punchline with uh, these uniforms, and I think uh, they did a good job. Now I'm looking at this thing, and I just noticed it just now that they've got some red pants going. 
And uh, if you go to the page where it's got all the different color combinations, those red pants look kind of nice because, you know, the whole, all white looks like the, um, the color rush that they usually do. I think it's like once a year, twice a year, if someone let me know in the comments. But um, they'll do it once or twice a year, they'll do a color rush on a Thursday night. But uh, those red pants look fly. So um, the second reason to be um, super excited about this upcoming season is, I mean, new new kit, man, new uniforms. They're going to look sharp. Matt Ryan, Matty Ice, and, uh, and I hope, I mean, everybody can come back in shape because you'd be quarantined. Um, just ready to rock and roll. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so that's number the second reason. And then the third reason is definitely going to be, this is probably my favorite subject right here. Uh, we might spend a little time on this, but all the new faces, man. Just uh, this, this 2020 like off season has just churned this roster. I mean, even more than so. Like after the Super Bowl run, 2016, the 2017 season, they they turned over the roster. And there's a stat of like Super Bowl winning teams, like the Patriots, that they they turn over X percent of um, their roster. It's just the churn of Bill Belichick just getting guys in and getting guys out you know, cutting them at the right time and in their career and for the money, you know, because the Falcons are about to get a, uh soon or if it's already happened, um, you know, all that Desmond Trufant money because they cut him at the appropriate deadline. So um, that'll free up cap or give them cap space. Um, but just the new faces. So they've, they've lost. So this is, these are the, these are the players that they've lost. And some of these are like impact players, and some of them aren't. But these are kind of the relatively big names that, that by cutting. So like Trufant, Desmond Trufant, Devontae Freeman, Vic Beasley, Devondre Campbell, Luke Stocker, and Tyson Brelo. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six players that contributed. I mean, in their capacity. Um to the Falcons. And so you hear that and you're thinking, Oh goodness, what's, you know, this can't be a positive thing, but I mean, just the, the players that do give Thomas Dimitrov credit. I have been a Thomas Dimitrov, uh, critic for a long time. I, you know, for a long time, I, you know, he had one good, I don't say one good draft, but he had one or two good drafts that really saved his, saved his bacon because some of the other drafts have not been good. He's only picked, it's a crazy stat, he's only picked in his, I don't want to give it wrong, but very rarely does Thomas Dimitrov spend a high round draft pick on a on an offensive line, and that, that kind of shows because he likes to patch it together through free agency, and they're free agents for a reason. Either they want too much money, or they're on the you know the wrong side of their career, or their other team didn't think that you know they were worth the asking price. So um, anyway, so they so they um, oh and Austin Hooper, I meant did I mention Austin Hooper? So that's seven. That's he's like one of the main. Uh, I'm sorry, I just missed it in my nose, but Austin Hooper. Desmond Trufant, um, 
Devontae Friedman, Vic Beasley, uh, Devondre Campbell, uh, Tyson Brelo, Luke Stocker. And so, but they've added, just recently they added uh, Dion Buck Buchanan. Uh, he's like a hybrid, like a hybrid linebacker, safety. That's what Dan Quid likes is the versatility. So I want we'll we'll cover that later on in the show about um with the improved defense. But um but yeah, he's like a hybrid guy and he loves versatility. And then so they picked up um Charles Harris is like a project because he really hasn't I mean he was a first round pick, but I mean he hasn't done anything like to speak like I would give you the stats, but there's like minimal things yet. Uh and then um they've added through the draft AJ Terrell corner from um uh, Clemson, Marlon Davidson obviously, um Matt Hennessy. Um those are, obviously these are draft picks. And then I don't want to say the crown jewel of them all. But the most exciting, the most needle moving one of them all is Todd Gurley, man. They picked up Todd Gurley. So, uh, and ha- they traded for Hayden Hurst. Uh, so, we, we could go down the list of players they lost and who they replaced them with could possibly and potentially be a better improvement. So, like, tweak, like, kudos to Thomas Dimitrov to, like, taking these losses and pivoting them and finding value at the trade and and free agency and because you know Tiger is on a show me deal because of his injuries and hey man heck yeah and they were already talking about trading for him so so Austin Hooper obviously um tied in pro bowl tied in twice you know I don't know how they do this I would like to know in the comments or someone let me know on Twitter that um how do they put an asterisk on your name if it's um if you got into the pro bowl because the guy you're replacing or because you're a replacement because the guy who was slated to go to the pro bowl is in the super bowl or he gets hurt and he can't go and i think that's how app happened excuse me to austin hooper twice um so hooper gets replaced with hayden hurst Hayden Hurst had a weird situation in Baltimore, tied in for Baltimore. He got hurt early in his career, early, um, and they picked up another tight end. And for whatever reason, I mean, whatever reason, the kid, the guy's good. Um, Lamar Jackson really uh, developed a, a relationship with the other tight end. So, I mean, there was he was really just kind of pushed out. So uh, the Falcons traded for him uh and so that's i would if you would look at the numbers i'm not going to break down numbers on him mainly because i don't have them in front of me my computer's being weird um but that could be a push hayden hurst is definitely a uh a deep a deep threat it's got good hands um but he brings something that hooper doesn't bring is in the run game he's a little more physical he likes to put a hat on a hat um, he's kind of a lunch pail kind of uh, blocker when it comes to that. He think he likes the contact. Then, then you um, you lose Devontae Freeman. You cut him. Hooper walks and Hooper walked in free agency. Devontae Freeman gets cut to save cap. 
I mean, Devont, he had two really good years. Super Bowl year, and this year after that, he scored 11 touchdowns. I mean, in two years straight, made two Pro Bowls. But after that, the concussions really messed him up, man. He just was never really the same after that, not as explosive. Kind of undersized in his running. Um, I mean, but I don't think Ty Gurley needs much of an introduction. But when he's healthy, man, he is something else. And now we could do another podcast on this, but like going back and looking, I think that'll be another episode um, coming up is going back and looking at previous drafts and what could have been and what people were calling for. And so like the Vic Beasley got picked. um, Vic Beasley got picked instead of Todd Gurley's people wanted Gurley here. You know, what would that have changed? We could go look back and see how Gurley would have affected the outcomes of games and if they could have won a Super Bowl with him. I don't know. Uh, my feeling is that I the talent's there, man. I mean, bar none. He's very, very talented. But uh, he's he's always injured. I mean, he, so I don't know. I'm on the fence about that. I would... I, but if he could give you one year, one magical year for like this year, the 2020, he's on a show me deal. They're scared about his knee. No one really knows about his knee. There's some reports came out today that um, his knee looks strong, but um, you know, only time will tell. I mean, you could look strong all you want to, but as soon as you start getting live hits, that's when it's going. So I would do, I would wrap him in bubble wrap in, uh, in the old uh, OTAs. If when it, if and whenever those happen, I would I would take it very cautiously with him, and I would put him on a pitch count, and I would just do what I could, put him out there, make you know let him make big, uh, hit the big plays, and make him scared of you, make him scared of him, but I would just be real careful with that knee. I'd send him to the club every. Um, sent him to the trainer all, as much as I could. So anyway, so Freeman, Freeman got replaced with Todd Gurley. Um, so now I wrote, I got these stats here for Freeman, and they're not as uh, appealing as you think. Um, people fall in love with Devontae Freeman. Obviously, he lost a step, but if you're really watching his games, so last year he gave us. Uh, a thousand, roughly a thousand all-purpose yards and six total touchdowns, and if Todd Gurley can give just equal those, in the presence he has in uh, just on the field, they're scared of him. The Falcons are always the Falcons in the last three years have been top five in play action frequency and play action efficiency. Um, well, I don't know about efficiency part. Let me back that. Let me backtrack. They've been top five in t- play action frequency, and so that they they do they run a lot of pa- play action anyway. It's but Todd Gurley being on the field, you got to respect him because he can house one. I mean, just so like two rushing touchdowns, four receiving touch, uh, four receiving touchdowns, and four hundred ten yards receiving. Um, so if if um. 
if Todd, I mean, if Todd Gurley could give you those numbers, um, being Todd Gurley, that's a win. Because you're, I mean, you're, the deal is very team friendly deal. Um, and so the next one is that's going to get replaced is Desmond Trufant gets replaced essentially with AJ Terrell from Clemson. Now, AJ Terrell has yet to play down in the NFL and don't get it twisted. He still needs to come in and learn like a rookie and play. But, um, you know, I have all confidence that, you know, Desmond Trufant was good. It was the leader, but I think AJ Terrell is, is physical and he could be, um, he could become a good perennial, uh, a good defensive back. So, We've got a bunch of exits, and we've got a lot of additions. But the one that makes me nervous, I know this is the top five of being excited, and one is football's back, two is um, the new unis, and number three is uh, all the new faces. But the one thing that scares me the most, and we'll cover this on a probably coming up episode, is Devondre Campbell. They let him walk. Um Obviously, he commanded a lot of money, went out to Arizona. Um, they're collecting Falcons players out in Arizona. But uh, he'll get a starting gig. And he he led the team in tackles two years in a row, despite Deion Jones. Deion Jones got hurt last year as well, so you got to that. But, like, he was your tight end guy. He was long. He could put his hand in the dirt. That that became apparent in the last uh, last season. He really displayed that. Um, so replacing him as an outside linebacker, um, that would be really high on my list. Um, I I was seeing it. I was I was wondering if they were going to pick up a lot. So he was a he was a was it third fourth? He was a fifth fifth round pick. Yeah, he was a fifth-round pick out of the Gold Gophers. And um, I'm wondering if they got this guy, um, Michael Walker. They got him in the fourth round from Fresno State. Now, he's, I think he's more of an inside linebacker. I think he, I don't, I don't know. I haven't done a lot of film study on him. But, um, but he's the tackling machine is what I've read and, um, Got to that. So all these new faces. We got offensive new new faces. Got defensive new talent. It's gonna be. It's it's gonna be a fun, just learning the team again, learning them in new uniforms, and just seeing the attitude and everything else that or you know just just seeing. It's basically I don't want to say it's a new team, but it's a retooled team, which I think shows desperation of the front office, which is good. Because I feel like after the Super Bowl, they kind of got complacent and they didn't churn as much and and go after as much because um, um, that offensive line just is, still scares me. But still exciting 2020, 2020 new faces. You get to see Todd Gurley back at home wearing a new uniform, wearing a new number. You get to see, you know, uh, what they call him Red Thor. Hayden Hurst come out and play. You're going to see, oh, uh, you're going to see, uh, I didn't even mention him, uh, Dante Fowler. 
you get to see him coming off the edge. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good deal. I haven't talked a lot of defense. It took a lot of uh, Tom a lot of time talking about the offense because my next topic is number four. It's gonna be the improved, the revamped defense. I think this team has a chance to be top ten defense. I said it. Boop. I said it here. I'm not the first one that said it. I know there's some Falcons fans putting in the work out there, putting out content on the interwebs and studying this roster and saying, hey, this team's got a chance of being good. I'm with them. I'm reading. I'm looking. I'm looking at this Marlon Davidson. I'm looking at Michael Walker. I'm looking at the safeties they got in the back. They got some They got some good safeties in the back. And if they can all stay healthy... And if they can all hunt, play fast, everybody do their job and get physical, this team's fast enough to be top 10. They are fast defense. So with the addition of Marlon Davidson at defensive end slash defensive tackle, he's your, I mean, I think he plays like, they say he played at 280. I mean, he was listed at 280, but, you know, at the combine, I think he wore weighed a little over 300 pounds i think um i'd have to look that up sorry and um but he's a big man very athletic relentless so i think he's gonna bring a lot of attitude to the table i think we all thought the way tack came out of the draft he was like a little bit of a loose cannon or a little bit brash with his words or whatever, and I thought you know he would be a dog on the field, um, but I think them shoulders, man, them shoulders are bothering him, and there ain't a whole lot of bull rush you can do with shoulders being bad. I, that's it. He's had three surgeries in three seasons, and it's not a lot you could. I mean, it's not his fault. I'm sure he has a high motor. He does, but like production's not there. It's just not. And so, hopefully, having Dante Fowler on the other side of him, so they have to pay attention to Dante Fowler, which he's came on last year, but he's kind of had a lackluster season. He's got a lot left, or lackluster um, career. He's got a lot left in the tank, but if, man, if he could come on, he had 11 and a half sacks last year, Dante Fowler did. If you got to look out for him. And then you got to look out for uh, Grady is always getting doubled. But if Marlon Davidson, the I think that's the best value pick the Falcons have in this draft. I'll talk about this draft probably, um, probably in another podcast as well. We'll break down the draft. I know there's a lot out there on the draft already because it was a while ago. But I'm just now getting into my research um, on the draft, so that'll be coming. But that value pick right there of him being in the second round, I didn't think he would last that long, because you know Ken Law went right before the Falcons did, and then Chase On was there, and I am proud of Dem- Thomas Dimitrov not going after Chase On just because he was there. I hope it's saying his name right. The guy from LSU, the 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 end from LSU. I'm glad they didn't pick him because I just saw that as being Vic Beasley 2.0. He's had injury problems. He looks like Vic. 
he's kind of thin. He's I don't want to say he's a one trick pony, but I mean they've been down that road with Tack and they've been down that road with Vic. So they got a big meaty defensive end slash tackle, and that's only going to improve their interior, which I'm so proud of them for going interior. Because to me, he's playing defensive tackle. Kind of, he's really replacing Adrian Claiborne if you think about it. How big he is, and he can play with some speed too. So, so the defense. So we're talking the line right now. So we got Tack on the inside. You got Grady Davidson, and on the outside you got Fowler. Man, and you got your rotation after. Excuse me. After that, and if you can get Davidson. And if you can get uh, Grady Jarrett to swallow up those offensive linemen, to engage those linemen and command doubles and triples and you know hold your line, that can that will free up Deion Jones to run and hit because that's where he flourishes. When he gets when the offensive line gets to the second level, he is not big enough to shed his blockers. That's one thing about him that if an offensive line gets his hands on him, he's out of the play. And that's just the fact of it. And it's not his fault, but he's a little light in the pants. Um, but he can run like the wind bullseye. Boy, he can run. And he is always around the ball. But if the offensive line doesn't don't have any respect for the defensive line, they just bypass and get to the second level. Deion Jones can't run and hit. Um, so I'm hoping that I'm looking at Davison to provide that extra umph on the line to where Deion Jones can run, run and hit along with Foyer Lukin. Let's not forget about him. Ivy League guy, um, really fast, good special teams guy. I don't, he's going to see a lot more playing time. We're going to learn a lot about him this year. Um, he's smart enough to learn the playbook, obviously, but, um, I like him. I think he's I think he's a great player. And so there're three linebackers. I'm thinking if Kamal Ishmael doesn't start, you know, because they like to do that sometimes. And we'll get into like really breaking down film like playing like base nickel. That's kind of heady stuff right there. This is all just overview stuff. We could get into that later if y'all want to. Um this is purely entertainment. I want to be fun in this podcast. I want to bring bring some excitement to the podcast. I don't want to be just straight numbers and straight breaking down film and base nickel and run NASCAR packages and I mean I can, but I don't think it's as exciting or listen to um so anyway, so um so we got the line there, we got the linebackers and then the corner playing nickel a lot, but those three safeties I was talking about Demonte KZ, you got to get him on the field at all costs. He is a ball hawk and he's got skills. He will be burned before he has been burned before, but it's okay because his skill is the balls in the air. Look out, he's coming. So I love that. Keanu Neal, you can't make the club in a tub. This is the show me year 40 for Keanu Neal. I, you know, it's, I don't know. He's injured a lot, it scares me. But when he's back there and he's right, he's a bad boy. Now, his coverage ain't that good, but he's a bad man. And people think twice and hear them footsteps. And they be, whoo, he's a headhunter out there. 
And they and they add Dion Buchanan, which kind of plays that role a little bit. You got a little bit of Kamal Ishmael a little bit. And then they drafted another safety as well, I believe. Um, and so, um, anyway, so I, and then you got the corners, you're going to go with, um, a really young back, I mean, back end. You got Sheffield, Oliver, and the new guy, AJ Terrell. And so, I don't know, man. I'm just excited. I think they got they got a young, hungry, fast defense that's going to surprise some people. That's what I think. And especially in the, uh, you know, they're in a good division right now. They got a lot of good quarterbacks in the, in the NFC South. And so I look at them to really take another step up. And what we hadn't talked about until now, and I had honestly had it right, wrote down, but it just came to me. The last half of the year, they really came on and really put the clamps on really good teams. And I think them shifting around the coaching staff, because they didn't change anything last year. They hit the... All right, so what people who in the... I guess that don't follow the Falcons a lot or like... You know, you have the fans, like Falcons fans that are like fans from afar. Oh, they need to get rid of, get rid of, get rid of Matt Ryan. It's like... Can't just get. I think mean, he gets paid way too much money just to get rid of. It's like, why don't they just go get Tom Brady? It's like, okay, but you got those people in your family. They're like, oh, the Falcons. They just uh, literally nothing changed last year, personnel wise, between the first s- seven games, or I guess eight. We we'll cut it in half. First eight games and the last eight games, nothing changed personnel wise. No coaching staff changed. No player addition changed. None of that stuff happened. It was all the coaching carousel. They, you know, Dan Quinn's got all the sayings. He, he does talk a lot. I like Dan Quinn. He's a very much motivational guy. But the sayings are all cool and everything when you're winning. When you're not winning, it gets old and kind of I don't want to say patronizing, but it gets it gets stale. But I mean, kudos to him for shuffling up the deck a little bit and bringing Raheem Morris back over um, to the defensive side and basically essentially giving him the defensive coordinator role. And so I think, I'm hoping, uh, and Ulbrich is still linebacker coach, but I think that's a big key as well is having it in another year, build on your momentum. Oh, I'm excited about the Falcons defense. I don't know, could you tell? We just spent a lot of time on that. That's okay. Um, the and the that was number four. And the last one is doggone Matty Ice. That Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, and I don't care what any of your friends say. Because if you listen to this podcast, I you know what I'm not going to paint it with a broad brush. If you listen to this podcast and you don't think Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, a uh, a deserving quarterback, or I mean, elite quarterback. There's all these adjectives they put with quarterbacks, but um, I am a Matt Ryan apologist. I do defend Matt Ryan. Now there are some things I know he has limitations of. I mean, he's not Aaron Rodgers, but he doesn't need to be. They need to have a team around him. 
And so he is what he is. I mean, he's been doing this since 2008. Um, and that's uh, 12 years. So anyway, Matt Ryan's weapons. We're not talking about Matt Ryan. We're talking about his weapons. And boy, he's got a bunch of them. And so obviously you got your Julio. You got your Calvin Ridley. Wait. Yeah, Calvin Ridley. Sorry, I was about to say Riley Ridley. Calvin Ridley. Russell Gage, as number three. Laquan Treadwell. Treadwell. I'm excited about that. He could revamp his career, really blossom. I mean, he's got the talent. Old Miss guy, SEC guy. Um, all the tools in the world. I think getting him in here and get him under Julio, get him with Calvin Ridley, that could really bring out the beast again in his career. So I'm I'm excited about that. Hayden Hurst get into the fold. Uh, Red, they call him Red Thor. Dude's ripped. Um, likes to block. Uh, Todd Gurley, obviously, out of the backfield, throwing out of the backfield. Um, um, and um, Brian Hill, I think, is going to have a good year as well. Quadri Olsen, I don't know why they don't play him much. Uh, it's just, it's a really kind of a crowded backfield. If you look at it, oh, like roster wise, um, but Matt Ryan's got a plethora of weapons and I think, um, if he could, if the offensive line could be healthy and they figure out left guard because they have yet to figure out left guard, um, we could do that real quick. We could go on another podcast on on the draft class, like I said earlier, um, another episode of the draft class. But so left tackle, you got Matthews. He's not going anywhere. Left guard, giant question mark, big old hole. Every person you've put in there has been weird. Carpenter, Brown, Schweitzer, Witzel, or whatever his name was. Just uh, it's been a black hole for a while now. Left guard. Uh, obviously, Mac is not going anywhere for a couple years. I don't know the contract situation, but you know they said this guy Matt Hennessy, he played a lot of guard in his career, so he could he could be a guard if you need to. They just drafted him in the third round. Um, right guard is Chris Lindstrom, and then right tackle is Caleb McGarity. So if those all could be a cohesive unit, figure out left guard, give Matt Ryan the time, I think Matt Ryan will have another stellar season next year. I think he's going to cut down on his turnovers. To have uh, He'll be in the second year of Dirk Cutter's offense. Um, and I'm excited to see if Dirk Cutter can get creative and use all of his weapons to the fullest extent. I'm not sold on Dirk Cutter yet. I know this is a five. Oh, to be excited. I'm going to keep it real with you because this is what I see, and that's just how I roll. I I am a optimist just as personality-wise. I'm just, like, giddy about the Falcons all the time. I think they're going to dis. I mean, they could have – I mean – Two years, they were a couple couple plays away from advancing in the playoffs two years ago. So, um, 
But Dirk Cutter's really got to show me something this year. Um, he makes me really nervous about how bland he is. And so if they can get a little more exotic and get some different looks, I think Matty Ice is going to have a huge year with Julio, Ridley, Todd Gurley. Move the needle, baby. I mean, Treadwell, Gage, Hurst, all your backfield. Uh, so, um, and this is what I'm going to throw you out, kind of a teaser for my next podcast, is we're going to go over the draft. But I think this draft has the potential to be on par with the 2016 draft. And uh, we'll cover that next time. Tune in for my next episode of Rise Up Radar. If you like this content, leave a comment. i love to hear your feedback. Um, we're going to keep it positive here. We're going to keep it real here. Rise Up Radar is all about the Falcons, keeping the Falcons on your radar. Um, yeah, until next time, rise up.